Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Today, we have Dr. Dave Martin. Dave wants you to come on up. Dave and his wife, Christine, uh, recently began pastoring in the Detroit area. So they are now Michiganders. And uh, they they were in Florida for years. In fact, he came in my office today and and he says, you know, he says, I I noticed like in parking lots and stuff, they've got these uh, sticks that are painted red on the on the top. Like, what are those all about? And I said, that's so the snowplow knows where the snow ends and the grass begins. Even, oh, so this is definitely a new Michigander. Please welcome Dr. Dave Martin. <laughs> yes, I was confused. I got here and the summer, we're like, this summer's great. We moved from Florida, no humidity. And everyone kept talking about going up north. I'm like, where else can you go further north? Are we already far north? I thought they were going to the North Pole, but I found it's beautiful up north. And, uh, and so until, until just a few months ago, Res Light, this was my favorite church in all of Michigan until a few months ago. Now my church is my favorite. This is my second favorite church in all of Michigan. But uh, if you know anybody over in Detroit area, and we're in Troy, uh, tell them to come on up and see us at Motor City Church. We'd love to see them. But we're excited about what God's doing at Res Life Church. And uh, it's good to have my family with me this weekend. Christine and and my my wife, stand up, honey, and Solomon. This is my son, Solomon. Stand up, Solomon. Come on. And good to have them with us. Solomon's been with me here once before, but this is Christine's first time to, to be with us over here. So we're, we're excited. And uh, how many love your church? How many are thankful for your church? I love this church. I love your pastors and, and I always love just to get to be a part of what God's doing here. And I, I just want to jump right into this today because I got something I think is going to help you uh, a, a little bit. So I hope you got a pen, paper. If you're watching uh, from home or on a device somewhere, get ready. I got a couple things I want to give you. I'm so excited about our heart for the kingdom and all that God is doing. Now, I know most of us like to give. Let me see your hand if you like giving. If you like to give, let me see your hand. Yeah, most of us do. We kind of can't help it. It's just kind of the way God made us, right? For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He was a giver. So most of us like to give. And Pastor was talking about some of the exciting things we're going to be able to do and, and accomplish uh, this year, like the, the new roof. I mean, that's, of course, all throughout the year, we're giving and uh, missions work and, and, and lives are being changed every week around the world through our giving. But then this special time, we get to do some special things like, like take care of the roof. Because how many have some things at your house sometimes that need fixed? right? Need a new hot water heater or something like that. But wouldn't it be amazing? You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 8, what you make happen for God's house or what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for God's house, God will make happen for your house. And, and I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if someone, how many would like to be able to say, hey, pastor, you know, the roof, what do you say? It was $405,000, something like that to fix the roof. How many would like to be able to, hey, pastor, put me down for that. I'll do, I'll just go ahead and take care of the roof. How many like to be able, how many like, it's not a pledge, I'm just asking right now. <laughs> a couple of y'all got nervous, like, is this the offering already? I just thought that was next week. No, I'm saying, how many like to be able to do that? 
Yeah, right, because our heart is to give. We'd love to be able to do that. We'd love for God to bless us like that. What, five million would pay the whole thing off? Hey, Pastor, you know what? I'm gonna just, let's take care of this whole thing. I'll, I'll take care of that five million. I mean, love for God to bless you like that so that you could be a blessing. And there's people like that that have that heart to give. The Bible talks about it. It, it says this, says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. By the way, tonight, let me just mention this real quick. Tonight, if you can rearrange your plans or change your schedule, come back and be with us at five o'clock, right? Five o'clock. How many have ever made a mistake? How many have ever, how many have ever made a bad decision? Let me see if you ever made a bad decision. Wow, a lot of bad decisions in here. How many are sitting next? No, I'm, I'm, that was a joke. That was a bad joke. No, but, but how, many, how, many, how many would like to know how to make right decisions? How many would like to know how to make good decisions? There's a process for making good decisions in every area of your life, whether it's in your business or whether it's in your relationships or whatever. I'm gonna share that process with you tonight. And what's amazing is all the principles you can find for making right decisions you can find in the Bible. The Bible lays out a plan for us. And so I'm gonna share that tonight at five o'clock. So I want you to make right decisions, good decisions. Heard about a guy made a really bad decision once. He, worked, got, he got out of work on, on Friday night and some of his buddies were going hunting. So he thought, you know what? I'm gonna go hunting too. I'm just gonna take the weekend with the guys, do some hunting. And so he took off hunting. Now you, you'd say, well, that's not really a, a bad decision. I mean, that could be a really good decision. You have a great time, nothing wrong with that, except that he never told his wife that's what he was doing. He just left Friday after work and she didn't see him. She didn't see him until Sunday night when he finally got home from his hunting trip. She said, where have you been? He said, oh, I went hunting with the guys. And for the next two or three hours, she explained her frustration with him just... Uh, <laughs> She kind of laid into him for about two or three hours about just him not showing up and him not and not seeing him for two or three days. And she said, you know, she said, how about this? How'd you like, how'd you like it if you didn't see me for two or three days? And after the last two or three hours, he thought, I wouldn't mind that actually not seeing you for two or three days. She said, okay, fine. So he didn't see her. Uh, he didn't see her on Monday. He didn't see her Tuesday. He didn't see her Wednesday, but Thursday, the swelling went down in his eyes just enough that he caught a glimpse of her. So be careful, be careful. Uh, we're going we're to talk about making good decisions uh, tonight. So don't miss that if you can be with us tonight at five o'clock. But uh, let, me show you, let me show you a scripture uh, in the Bible. How many believe the Bible? Okay, about half of you. We'll start, we'll start with that. But um, uh, here's what it says in Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 20, uh, 25, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Now, this is the, the conundrum here. The more you give, the, the more you have, is what it says. That's exactly what this Proverbs is saying. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. So the, the link between financial well-being and charitable giving is, is, is pretty strong. Now, um, and when, when you study, we, we've probably all heard before that, that uh, financial um, 
uh, or, or money issues is the number one cause of divorce. How many have heard that kind of that before? Yeah, a lot of people have heard that. We've we've all heard that. That's one of the big discussions and biggest disagreements that there are in re, in relationships and and leading cause of divorce, financial issues, and you know, couples at night they get they sit down and and uh, go to bed, and then it ends up a big discussion about finances, and there ends up uh, you know all kind of uh, uh, you know that you don't want that to be the talk when you go to when you go to bed with your spouse at night. We, we want to help you take care of some of that. I heard about a husband and was falling asleep and, uh, and his, his wife was kind of in a romantic mood and wanted to talk a little bit. And, and, and she said, you know, when we, were, when we first got together, you used to hold my hand a lot and, and, uh, and you don't do that anymore. And he said, oh, fine. He just kind of reached across and held her hand for a second and then he turned over and tried to go back to sleep. A few minutes later, she said, you know, you used to kiss me. Oh my goodness, he got irritated a little bit and he reached over, gave her a kiss on the cheek and then he turned back over, settled down, went back to sleep. About 30 seconds later, she said, you know, you used to bite my neck. Oh, he got so mad, threw the covers back, got out of bed. She said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get my teeth. Yeah. I don't know what your discussions are about, but uh, uh, in this area of finances, in this area of, of, of giving, I believe it's important that we get on the, on the same page here. I read an article uh, titled, Why We Give, Why We Give, and, and this quote really struck me, but the author was pretty profound, said, I firmly believe that generosity is one of those things that transcends finances. Giving goes, uh, giving does something greater to the giver just as much as it does to the recipient. Generosity is one of those traits that every, uh, everyone wants to have. And to have this trait, how many like to be known as a generous person? And here, here's the thing, to have this trait, it's real simple. All you have to do is practice it. How simple is that? To be a generous person, all you have to do is practice being generous. I want to talk to us for a few minutes about generosity today and what it means to our lives and what a difference it can make in our lives. And to do that, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, you might want to write this scripture down. You can look it up uh, later. You can look it up now, too, if you have your Bible with you. And if you're online, make sure you go back throughout the week because you always want to look back through this stuff and, and, and see what it says throughout the week. But uh, just as, as we see here in the lives of the early Christians in Macedonia, I believe this description that Paul's going to give us here, it, giving should move us personally and corporately. As a church and personally, we should see this. And so I want to talk to you about three things I think that touches our lives and especially touches the lives of those who give. Now, most everyone in here and many of you online said, I love giving. I enjoy giving. How many like to be able to give more than you give right now? Yeah, because uh, that's where, that's just kind of where our, our heart is. So one of, these are some of my favorite verses. Second Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awakening in them a longing to contribute. For during an ordeal of severe distress, sounds like 2020, doesn't it? Their abundant joy and their depth of poverty together overflowed into a wealth of lavish generosity. Say lavish generosity. 
Right. If you're at home, just type that in. Just go ahead and type it in there. Lavish generosity. That's what, that's what it says here. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily, begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the, in the service for the support of the saints in Jerusalem. Uh, not only did they give materially, as we'd hoped, of course, uh, next week, and we have an opportunity to give in Heart for the Kingdom, we hope that you will give materially. We hope that you'll participate and be a part of it. But, um, uh, uh, but also, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his representatives by the will of God, disregarding their personal interest. Oh, man and giving as much as they possibly could. All right, let, well, let's just, let's take out that last part because no one wants, really wants to be a part of that. Don't you wish you could take out some verses or at least half of a verse, right? You're like, just forget that. I don't want to disregard my own personal interest. I mean, but just as we see in the lives of these early Christians, giving needs to be a part of our life. So I, I saw three things, three things. If you want to write these Three C's down, and then we're going to go back. I made them three C's. We'll go back and we'll cover them again. But uh, giving should cause us to celebrate. It should be exciting when we give. It should cause us to celebrate. Giving should be an action that is compelling. We're compelled to give. And then also giving demonstrates, or it should demonstrate, our commitment. Should demonstrate our commitment. How many love your church? Let me see your hand again if you love your church. Yeah, it's, you know, it's easy to give to the things that you love, isn't it? I mean, when you love something, the Bible says where your heart is, your treasure uh, will be. When you love something, your treasure is there, your treasure. It, it's like I heard about a, a couple. Uh, they'd been married. It was their anniversary, and the husband was so excited. He wanted to give his wife something really special because, I mean, it, she had just always been there for him. And, and, and then he went into the, this little perfume store. And he said, I want to get something for my wife. He said, I want to get her something. Actually, I want to get her the best thing you've got in here because she's the best thing I've ever met. I mean, she's, the, she's been amazing. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her. Her love, her support, uh, she's just always been there. She's, our kids, our family is just awesome. I just wouldn't be the man I am today without her. She is amazing, and she deserves the very best. The lady said, oh, you want to give her the best? I got exactly what she needs. Hold on just one second. Went in the back. She came out a few minutes later, had this beautiful bottle, beautiful ornate bottle of perfume. And she said, this is the best we got. He goes, that's the best because she's the best. He said, this, this, this is the best. She said, this is the best we got. Sprayed a little bit. He, Ooh, man, he said, smells really good. He said, you know what? I'll take it. They, he said, how much is it? And she looked. She said, it's, a, it's about $548. Five for, for perfume? said, yeah, that for this one, this is the best. You wanted the best. He said, 548. He said, okay, let me ask you, do you have anything cheaper? He said, you, she's like, you said she was the best. You wanted to give her the best. He said, yeah, but she goes, oh, I got something cheaper. Hold on just a second. She went in the back, came out a minute later and held up a mirror. Isn't it funny? We say, oh, God, I, I, you're the best. You, I wouldn't be who I am today. God, you're everything to me. I love you so much. And then it's time to give. And we're like, God says, give this. And we're like, uh, you got anything cheaper? Can we do just a little bit less? I mean, I know I said you were, I know I said you were my heart. But when it's really time to give, is there really the commitment? 
So when we look back at this, let's look at a celebration first. First giving should be a, a, a celebration. Verse two, for during uh, an ordeal of severe distress. How many, how many uh, have had a little distress this year, this year, 2020? It's been, it's been a little bit different. Their abundant joy, but they kept their joy. I mean, that's so important that we keep our joy in the middle of this. Their depth of poverty together overflowed into a wealth of lavish generosity. First thing I saw uh, when, I, when I saw a real giver, how a real giver was described, was they were joyful. They gave joyfully. What does the Bible says? God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, having all sufficiency in everything that you'd have an abundance for every good work. The grace of God, in that scripture, we see that the grace of God is directly connected with giving. And when we, when we fail to see giving as a grace, what happens is it becomes a burden instead of a blessing. It is a blessing that we have an opportunity to give. Not oh, we got to do, we got to give again. Oh no, we we are uh, we have to understand grace living, but we also need to understand there is grace giving. That a joyful giver, there is a grace, an abundant grace upon them that they're able to give to every every opportunity that they that they have. Uh, every opportunity they have to give. Uh, second thing is they gave willingly. They gave willingly. H here's the thing. You don't have to give. You get to give. How awesome is that? Like you don't have to come to church. You get to come to church. You don't have to serve. We get to serve. So here's the thing. They gave willingly. They didn't have to give. Uh, it, it says that they gave of their own accord. They weren't forced into giving. They didn't even wait to be asked to give. They saw a need and they responded voluntarily. In other words, they weren't drafted. They were enlisted. They weren't forced. Uh, people, you know, People a lot, of, a lot of times make excuses not to give. We didn't have big ushers at the end of each aisle going, <clears throat> You can do more. No, they were voluntary. Hey, we've, we're so excited about this opportunity. We get to participate in the, in, in the giving. So then it says that they gave eagerly. They gave eagerly. If you read the full account, you'll see that it was the people, not the pastor, that was begging for the opportunity to give. They were eager to give because to them, it was a privilege to give back part of what God had given them. How many know everything you've got came from God? So to give a portion back is a privilege. It's, it's, a, it's an honor. We get to be a part of this thing. And so they were eager to give. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, we were in, in a service and we were finishing up a service and, and uh, I, I started to close a service and a guy in the back said, Pastor, Pastor, you forgot the offering. He was one of those eager to give, right? He was over, he did, we don't want to miss the opportunity. And I saw like four people look at him and go, They were ready to get out of there. But this guy didn't want to miss the opportunity. That's how we should be. Hey, I can't wait for the opportunity to give back to the one who gave me everything. I mean, the fact that you woke up this morning, you could breathe today. 
We have so much to be, to be thankful for. And when we look at all the opportunities, so we see that these people in their celebration of giving, when, I, when it's a celebration to us to give, they were joyful, they were willing, and they were, they were eager. The, the next C, that's celebration. The next one, compelling. That our giving should be a compelling force in our life because in giving, we grow. In giving, we grow. By, by giving, we become a part of something together that is much bigger than anything we could do by ourselves. Right next, next week when we have the opportunity to all come together, all of us that are here, those that are online, other services, when we all come together and give, how many know what we all do together will be much greater than what we could do by ourselves? Right? Because each one of us won't give the same amount. Each one of us won't give the same amount. Someone in here, $500 may be everything you've got. Someone else, 5,000 maybe, or 50,000. I, I don't know what God will speak to you to do, but every one of us will do something. And I encourage you. You know, in, in, in the Bible, I was thinking about a scripture uh, in Hebrews 11 that says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many want to please God? Yeah, most of us do. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God, I would encourage you, uh, uh, as you give this time, if you give this year, give out of faith. G use some faith with your giving. Don't just give what's easy. Well, I always give this much. Every year we just, we kind of have it in our budget. We know that's what we're gonna do. And, and we get to the place sometimes where we no longer are using our faith in giving. But when you listen to God's voice, and here's what I'm gonna ask everybody to do th this week, hear God's voice. What is God asking you to do? Because I think when you, when you ask God, God, what do you want me to do? He's probably going to put a little, a little faith in it. He's going to, because faith pleases him. So he's going to want to see you use your faith a little bit. I've used this illustration when I was here before about working out, bench press, or, you know, working out. How many, how many have ever lifted weights? How many have ever lifted weights? Okay, quite a few of you have lifted weights. Obviously, I do. When you're lifting weights, maybe you have a goal. One day I'm gonna bench press 500 pounds. Well, you don't do that the first time, right? I mean, you start with where you're at and you say, okay, I can, I can do 150. And so you're bench pressing 150. But at some point, if you're ever gonna get to 500, what do you have to do? You have to add a little weight on there, right? And so you add a little weight on the ends and then you say, okay, let's try this again. Now this time requires a little bit of faith, right? Because you knew you could do 150, you just proved that. But you don't know if you can do 200 yet. And so now you've got to use your, your faith. And, and so, okay, here we go. And it's the same thing with giving, because faith is a muscle. Giving takes faith. And so it, it take, it, you operate your faith muscle when you start working out. And so one day I'm going to get to 300. I'm just working my way up, you know, 200, 300. I, right now I bench press right around 3.30 or 4 o'clock right around that time. But, but one day I'm going to get there. So, so the same thing with my giving, I'm just working my muscle, right? And, and so we don't want to just do the same thing because we want to please God. So I encourage you, ask God, what would you have me to do? How could I use my faith? You're not just making a, a pledge. I'm making a, I'm making a, I'm, I want to use my faith in this giving. God, what, what do you want? What do you want to see out of me? Because my, my heart is to please you. So by giving, uh, we, we become a part of something bigger together. So all of us doing our part, whatever level that may be. And the remarkable irony about giving is this. You only keep what you give. You can only keep 
what you give. If you think about that for a moment, at the end of your life, I mean, really, what's going to last? Is it is it the the love that you gave? Is it the influence that you had? Is it, it it's the kingdom work that you've done through your giving? That's what remains. All that remains is what you give away. All you can't you know, you've heard it before. You can't hook a U-Haul up and take everything to heaven with you. So only thing that's going to remain is what you give. So you only keep what you give. When you get up to the bank of heaven, think about that. When you get to the bank of heaven, here's a good thing. You don't have to worry about the, the market or the in, in, uh, interest rates or anything. When you invest in the bank of heaven, you don't have to worry about anybody robbing the bank of heaven, right? I was in the bank the other day and, and a guy in front of us was, Christine and I, a guy in front of us was ro- robbing the bank. Has, has mask on. Of course, everybody has a mask on now. His mask fell off and, the, and he asked the lady behind the counter, he said, did you see my face? She said, I did, and he shot her. He, he looked back at my wife, he said, he said, did you see my face? And she said, no, but she pointed at me, she said, he did. That was a joke. Anyway, so our giving, our giving compels us to be bigger than ourselves. Our, big, our giving compels us to be bigger than ourselves. Now, let, let's go back to the, the Macedonians here for a minute. I love this. this uh, they gave, if you look in verse number three of chapter eight there, I love this. They gave supernaturally. Now, I love the supernatural power of God. When God's super comes on our natural and he gets involved in the, in the different areas of our life, what, what does it say in verse three? It says, they gave beyond their ability. Have you ever given beyond your ability? What does that mean? I think they gave beyond their ability because what happened was their giving was empowered and enlarged by God. The fact is, you don't have to possess large sums of money to be a big giver because God's spirit makes it possible for you to give beyond your natural ability. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that faith part where faith gets involved, where faith allows you, and a large sum of money to you may not be a large sum of money to me. And a large sum of money to me may be nothing to you. So like I said earlier, it's not that we all do the same, but it's that we all at some stage use, at some point, some level, use our faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we want to use our faith in this and God's spirit comes along and speaks to our heart. That's why I want you to hear what God says. Because how many want God to get involved in your giving? How many know when God gets involved, supernatural things happen? And you're able to give beyond your uh, ability. I remember our, our journey, and I've, I've shared this before when I've been here, a little bit of our, our giving journey. Uh, like I told you, one, one, uh, you work out, you, you, you keep adding weight, you have a goal. And years ago, we set a goal. We wanted to give $100,000. I, I just a, a goal. I'd love to be able to give $100,000. And we started, I mean, we started with $100. I remember we lived in a little government-assisted apartment. Some of you remember this story. And we were in a service, and, and uh, the, the pastor was encouraging us in giving. And, and uh, he said, now everyone can give at different levels, $25,000, $5,000, whatever. He said, now there's some people that could, could give $500. And at that level, I remember we're in a little apartment, you know. And I'm thinking, my goodness, $500, I hope God speaks to those people. Even that was beyond what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I felt like God said, you're one of them, give 500. I said, oh, shoot. 
About the time I said that, the guy next to me said, I'm one of them. I said, whew, I guess I overheard God talking to that guy. I put my wallet back in my pocket, you know. And, and, and about the time I did, my wife leaned over and says, God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? She said, I think we're supposed to give 500. I said, oh, shoot. I remember I got the envelope out, started filling it out. Ink was smearing from the tears. <laughs> I thought you said God loves a cheerful giver. He, he, I did. And he also loves uncheerful givers. He loves everybody. I tell you this, if you're happy every time you give, you probably don't give a lot. So a lot of times I hadn't been happy. Willing, yes. Obedient, fine. Happy, no. No. That, that day I had $503 in my account. If you have $503 and God wants 500 of it, you want to make sure he knows what he's doing. You know, I remember I kind of opened the app up, my bank app so you can see how much I had. In there, he said he already knew how much I had. That's why he didn't ask for more. People said, you shouldn't cry. I said, I'm not. I'm watering my seed. Just watering my But that was the first time. Then I remember the first time we gave $1,000. I remember the first time we gave uh, uh, $2,500. And every time God kept stretching us, every time he'd stretch us to a new place in our, our giving, he would take us to a new place in our living. And God would start to bless us and start to, and, and now we were able to give even more because when you raise the standard of your giving, he raises the standard of your living. God got involved and made it possible for us to do beyond what we thought was possible. And then, and then it says that they gave unexpectedly. I love that part. Paul wrote that, that they gave not as we had expected, now, I thought about that at first. What, was they, what were they expecting? Did they give more than they were expecting? Did they give less? And Paul implies his own reluctance. He was a little reluctant to encourage the people to give. I mean, to contribute because of, of the desperate things that they'd gone through. I mean, we could say, oh, this year's been, it's been a tough year on people. Maybe we shouldn't just. No, in the middle of all this, he said, they're grace giving got involved. And grace giving always has an element of the unexpected. It always has an element of the unexpected. I, I don't know about you, how many like surprises? How many do not like surprises? Yes, it's about half and half. Some like the unexpected and some are like, oh, I, I just, I wanna know what's happening. I wanna be, I wanna be prepared. <laughs> Reminds me of this guy uh, named Joe. He got a free ticket to the, the Super Bowl from his company. He is so excited to go to the, the, the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, when he got to the, the stadium, he realized that the seat um, that, that they'd given him was on the very last row. I mean, the highest, tall. He was, he was closer to the blimp than he was to the field, right? But hey, at least he was at the, at least he was at the Super Bowl. And about halfway through the first quarter, he noticed down about 10 rows up from the 50-yard line, there was an empty seat. He saw it the whole first quarter. He's looking in the seats empty. He's I cannot believe that. I, I can't believe someone had a seat on the 50-yard line at the Super Bowl, 10 rows up and chose not to even come. So he decided, you know what? I wonder if I could get down there. I'm going to take a chance and see if I could sneak my way down there. And, and he got passed around the security, got to that empty seat, and he sat down. And he asked the guy sitting next to him, he said, he said excuse me, he said, anybody, anybody sitting in this seat? And he said, no, nobody's, nobody's sitting there. He said, wow, he said, this is exciting. I can't believe this. What a great seat. And so he, he talked to the guy for a few more minutes. He said, this, this, is, this is incredible. I mean, how could someone have a seat to the Super Bowl and not even, not even use it? 
The guy said, well, actually, the, the seat belongs to me. It's my seat. Actually, it's, it was supposed to, supposed to be my wife, but uh, she, she passed away. So this is the first Super Bowl that we haven't been to together since we got married in 1967. He said, wow. He said, that's, that, that's amazing. That's, but it's, it's sad. It's sad that she's not here with you. But still, I mean, you couldn't find anybody that wanted to come with you to the Super Bowl? No, you didn't have any friends or relatives or anybody that would come with you and sit with you at the Super Bowl? He said, no. He said, man, they all decided to go to the funeral. <laughs> See, unexpected. That was unexpected, right? They gave unexpectedly. I don't know. That one just kind of popped in there. But... Uh, they, were, they gave with a celebration. They gave uh, it was a, a celebration, the three C's. Here's another one, compelling. The third one is uh, they're giving demonstrated, oh no, I'm sorry, commitment, commitment. I already did compelling, right? Were y'all listening? Are y'all getting anything out of this today? Their giving was a celebration. They were excited. We should be excited when we give. It was compelling. They couldn't wait. They were eager for the opportunity. And lastly, it demonstrated their commitment. We, we see a mindset that resulted in action. First, they gave their heart. And then they were willing to give their hand. First, they gave their heart. When you put first the kingdom of God, then all the other things are added unto you. Their commitment is what caused these believers to be compelled to give and to do it with a celebration. And I love this. It says, even in the middle of all this, they gave sacrificially. They were compelled to give. There's where that faith part comes in. In these guys, the Macedonians, it said they were poor, yet they were able to sacrifice. Now, I grew up in a state called Mississippi. Anybody ever been to Mississippi? A couple people. Mississippi, now, if you rank Mississippi, like on the states, one to 50, in income or in education, they're way down there at the bottom. When you rate them in income, we're usually 49, uh, thanks to maybe Arkansas. But we're usually down there, 49, 50. We're, we're, we're in the bottom. Now, when it comes to generosity we're usually in the top 10 when it comes to generosity. So it has, no, it has nothing to do with the amount of money you have because like states like New Hampshire and stuff like that that are in the top when it comes to income are way down in the bottom when it comes to the percentage of generosity. And so it's not about the amount, but it's out of, it's out of a heart of, of sacrifice. So our, our, like I said, again, our levels of sacrifice is always different, but the, the more... Um, the more you have, a lot of times, the less you're willing to sacrifice. But sacrificing, well, thank God for sacrifice, right? I mean, Jesus, you think God was like, I can't wait to just sacrifice my very best. No, he loved you so much that he sacrificed his very best. He gave his very best for you. I think about that when I have opportunities to give. Am I giving my very best? Or am I just giving what's easy? Thank God he didn't go, you know what, not my son. That's, that's, that's going to be tough. I, what else can we do for him? No. He said, I'm willing to give my very best. And somehow you saw in these Macedonians, even in their sparse circumstances, they found a way to give. They, 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 they weren't able to do much, but they did all that they, that they could. 
And then it says they gave personally. The Macedonians first gave themselves to the Lord. They, they knew that God wanted their gifts and their giving to others was preceded by first them giving of themselves. That's why I said it's always easier. When you give God your heart, when you give God your life, it's easy to give him anything else. When God owns us, he owns all that we have. It makes it easier. So I, I urge you, give. Give, we all like to do it. And so here's an opportunity. But don't do it out of a sense of urgency, but do it out of a sense uh, uh, or out of a desire to please the one who gave himself for you. I mean, when you think about it, the Bible says give and it shall be given to you. I think I shared this illustration when I was here once before. In this building are water pipes. All throughout this building are water pipes. What is the purpose of those water pipes? Purpose of the water pipes is to distribute water, right? To take water from one part of the building to another part of the building. The purpose of the water pipes is not to get wet. Now, they get wet. How many know they get wet? It's part of the process. It's not the purpose of the pipe. And it's the same thing with God's blessings on our life. As God blesses us and, and we receive finances or money, uh, you know, we've worked hard, we, we've done that. But now, the purpose of those blessings is not so we can get blessed, but it's so that we can be a blessing. Now, in the process of being a blessing, you'll get blessed, just like the process of distributing water. So our prayer should be, Lord, make me a distribution center of your blessings. Bless me so that I can bless others. I want to be a distribution center. And you'll find as you begin to bless others, God begins to bless you, right? I mean, how many believe the Bible? How many believe the Bible? About half of you. That's what the Bible says. And so as I'm a blessing, God blesses me. Now I'm able to be an even greater blessing. He says, give and it will be given to you. Luke chapter six, verse 38. Now, I, I love this. We, we just had Thanksgiving. How many know there's always more trash at Thanksgiving? Right? And, and can you take that garbage out? Can you take the garbage out? I could just took the garbage out. And you can get a little lazy. How many have ever... How many have ever gotten a little lazy when it's time to take out the garbage and, and, and instead of taking it out, you just pressed it down? Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Right? You just push it down a little bit. Why? Because then you don't have to go out in the cold and take that out, out, out behind, the gar, about behind the garage. Just press it down a little bit. Now you got some more space. Why? So you can put more stuff in there. So you just keep putting more stuff in until it gets full again. And you can't press it down anymore. What do you do when you can't press it down anymore? You take it out of the, the garbage thing, right? And you shake it. How many know what I'm talking about? You shake it a little bit because once you shake it, now there's more room and you still don't have to take it out. You can sit it on the floor next to the garbage can and keep putting stuff in there until finally it's overflowing and you have to take it out. And that's what the scripture says. When you give, God says, I'll give it back to you. Good measure. I, I love this. Here's how he's going to give back to you as you're a blessing to the kingdom of God. He will press it down. There's what we were just talking about. Press it. He's going to make a little more room. Pour in some more blessing. Shaken together. It's going to shake it together until it's running over. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. So with the same measure you give, that's how it comes back to you. Now, it always comes back more than you give, but if you give little teaspoons, he gives it back to you in little teaspoons. If you give five-gallon buckets, he's giving it back to you in five-gallon buckets. So the more generous you are, that's where the Bible says the word of the generous gets larger and larger. 
the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So God has put it in our heart. He's created us in his image and he is a generous God. So we all raised our hands. So we'd love to be known as generous people. Well, how do you be known as a generous person? You participate. It's that simple. How do you be known? I'm generous. I'm generous. And so because I'm generous, it's simple. I become a generous person. And, and, and then it goes on to say, well, three things. Remember these three things about giving. Give as it has been given to you. Okay, as you're praying this week, God, how do you want me to use my faith? God, how do you want me to be a part of heart for the kingdom? God, what do you want me to do to further your kingdom? Because what I make happen for your house, you make happen for my house. So in that, God, uh, give as it has been given to you. Paul reminds us of that in, in Romans chapter eight. God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? We are blessed beyond measure. And so out of our blessing, our response is to give and bless others. And then number two, don't hesitate. Give now. Give now. Don't wait. Well, one day when I have this, one day I'm going to be able to do that. No, one day. No, start with where you're at. One day I want to bench press 500 pounds. I don't wait till the day I can do it. I start with 100. I work my way up to 200. I work my way up. Same thing with, with giving. One day we wanted to give $100,000. We started with 100, 500, 2,500, 5,000. Just, just we've got to start somewhere. Don't hesitate. Does God want me to give? Yes. Yes, he does. Of course he does. Giving is, is kind of like voting, you know? Do it early, do it often. I don't know. Number three, give to the degree you want to be blessed. Give to the degree you want to be blessed. So if you want God to bless you a little, what'd he say? He said, give a little. I'll bless you a little. If you go to the, just the next chapter over from what we've been talking about, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he, he says that. He says, you want so sparingly, you reap sparingly. So he, he says, it's up to you. Give a little, you reap a little. Give a lot, he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessings on you. So I challenge you today. Make willful, generous giving a habit in your life. Make it a part of your life. Give with celebration as, as our own commitment causes us to be compelled to live out a life of faith. And when we do that, the vision of the house will be accomplished. Your house will be blessed. And we'll see many, many more people give their heart to Jesus. How many want to see more people give their heart to Jesus? Yeah, that's what this is really all about. Yeah, we need a roof and yeah, we need to do some stuff for the kids. But all that's about building God's house so the people can come because someone gave long before you for the pew you're sitting on right now. And every week someone says yes to Jesus in these pews. Someone's marriage is restored in these pews. All that takes place. Restoration, healing takes place. Why? Because someone was compelled to give and made it possible because they had a heart for the kingdom. And now today we're sitting here and lives are being changed. So now you have an opportunity to, to, to see lives in the future change. You have an opportunity to take what you've been given. There's a scripture in, in, in you get down to, I think it's verse 12, 13, of chapter nine, and, and it says that uh, that they use the the ministry of giving, 
the ministry of giving. So two good things result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the people in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, giving is a ministry. You can take those, that, that money and you can go to Target or Myers, buy you something. You can go to the gas station, get you a Coke, or you can take that same money. Ain't nothing wrong with going to Myers and getting some sunglasses or whatever you do, but that same money, you can make a decision to put it into the service of the ministry. You can make a, you can make a choice. God, you know what? I could do this, but I'm going to put this instead into the ministry. And you may never stand up and preach. You may never go to another country and build a church, but through your decision to take what you've been given and ordain it to the ministry, to put it into the service of the ministry, lives are changed and touched every week. Thank you for making a decision to be faithful. Thank you for making a decision to be generous. Thank you for making a decision to be more like God. That's really what we're trying to do. Be like him, created in his image. How many want to be more like Jesus? Yeah. How do you do that? Give. Sacrificially. Go and give and watch the difference that it'll make. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do through our generosity this year here at Res Life. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you as we've looked at this uh, uh, description that Paul gives of the Macedonian believers and how generous they were. Lord, let that same description de describe us here at Res Life and, and, and let it be the description of how generous we are. We want to be generous people. We want to be known as a generous church. How do we do that? We start by being generous. And as we're generous, we see we see it released. We see that, that people here are giving willingly. They're giving joyfully. They're giving eagerly. They're compelled to give because they know it makes a difference. Not only in the life of the giver, but in the life of those who receive from that giving. God, we talk about giving. We can't talk about it without the greatest gift of all. For you loved the world. You loved us so much that you gave. You know, with your heads bowed, I'm just gonna look across the room one time. I never wanna close without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We've been talking about giving and God gave us the example when he gave so that you could be part of his family. Life goes better when you put God first. Whether you're in the room with us this morning or whether you're with us online somewhere right now, part of our online community. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Maybe at some point in your life, you say, Dave, I, at one point I had said yes to Jesus. But if I'm real honest today, I, you know, I've allowed some other things to come before God. Life goes better when you put God first. And maybe right now he's not first place in your life. Maybe you've allowed a job to come before him or a, a relationship or something to come before God in your life. But you say, Dave, when I leave here, I wanna, I wanna know, I wanna put God back where he belongs. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to number three, when I get to three, if you're in this room, I want you to lift your hand and say, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. I'm ready to put God first or I'm ready to put him back first place in my life. One, two, if you're watching online, you say, that's me. 
real simple, just type the word yes or put up a little hand emoji. That'd be like raising your hand. You can put up that hand emoji. If God's speaking to you, you're ready to put God first place or back first place in your life, whether you're in the room or whether you're online. If that's you, God's speaking to your heart. Let me pray for you real quick. Three, all across the room. Let me see your hand if that's you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you online. Just put up a little hand emoji up in the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Father, I thank you for hands. Yes, sir, God bless you. Thank you for hands all across the room today. God bless you, sir. All, all across the, the world online. People saying yes, and you said it's this simple. If we would believe in our heart and say with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. It's that simple. I want everyone to say that with me. Everyone say these words with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. You know, if you're in this room, you lifted your hand. If you're online, you said yes. I want you to text uh, the word yes. Just text the word yes. You'll see a number on the screen there. If you're here in the room, you'll see it behind me there on the screen. And just, just send a text with the word yes. Why? Because we've got some information we want to give you to help you in your journey. I don't think there's any better place to grow in your relationship with God than where you said yes. So right here at Res Life, I encourage you, get online every chance in the morning. Get online for those devotionals. Get, get, uh, get here every chance you get to the building. Be with us. Don't, if you live in the area and you say, I've just been watching, don't let another year go by without you getting here. We're better together. We're better together. And we want to help you grow in that journey. So just text uh, the word yes to that number. And we've got some information we want to get you that will help you in your journey. I'm so grateful for God's generosity and grace giving toward us with his son, Jesus. Amen. I want everyone, uh, uh, you know, put your hands together and let's thank God for those today that said yes to Jesus. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.